You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University Canada West. Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Kalari, what's going on? What is going on? Good morning. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it, I don't know when morning is. It's, uh, is it morning? Oh, geez. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Dave, uh, have you been in a networking event? I've been to many networking events. Networking is the principle of how, you know, my success happened. You know, I think, you know, knowing people and connecting with people is the best way for us to to reach our, our, our success or to reach the areas that we want to grow to. Yeah, I always tell my students about networking. Networking doesn't mean how many people you know. It's more important is that how many people know me, you know. If they have a challenge, they can refer them to me. If they can have a job opportunity, they can refer them to me. But the problem is that here is that make impress people to contact you, to know how good you are is a, it's a very challenging. So the important of these the networking is that not only have people on your LinkedIn, but also have a good connection between that individuals that the individuals can know you very well to trust you. I would not be teaching at UCW or doing this podcast without someone in my network connecting me to this opportunity. They, you know, when, you know, and, and that's it. And this is, and I think the same goes for you. I think, I think I would help you with this opportunity. So like, and, and it's just that. Like, yeah, exactly. Because I was in your network. <laughs> You were in my network. And so, no, you know, they were looking for phenomenal teachers like us, you know, and follow us. (laughs) Wow. And they found us, but they found us through networks. We had Rob Arthur. Rob is helping us through internship and he always recruits our students through the internship program. And he always tried to help students to go through that process of internship and have a better network. We want to invite Rob Arthur to ask some questions about networking and the importance of networking. Welcome, Rob, to Innovation Fuel. We are so excited to have you on our show today. We've got to learn so many things from you today, Rob. But first, before we get there, tell us a little bit about you, Rob. Who are you? Well, thanks, Dave and Glary. I'm delighted to be here. Rob Arthurs is a serial entrepreneur. I've been self-employed pretty much right out of high school. I bought a small oil field trucking company in Alberta in the early 80s and took that, used that truck to do oil, to do parts around to the rigs that were broken down in Alberta. Then I took a, uh, an HR course at NAIT, Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, got a job at Syncrude and Suncor as a contract project manager in labor in the oil field. And then I thought, well, I'm already in the labor business. Why don't I open up a maid service and janitorial business? Because I know anything, something about labor. And that business grew so fast that I ended up having to quit my job in Fort McMurray, manage this company in Edmonton, and then eventually branched into Vancouver. And then I moved to Vancouver and I went down to Gastown and bought this beautiful shirt that said Vancouver, Canada. I flipped over the shirt and it said made in Taiwan. I thought, oh my God. So in typical <laughs> Rob, I knew nothing about the clothing business. 
I sold my maid service to Janitorial Edmonton and Vancouver and jumped into the clothing business and started a company called the True North Clothing Company uh, in North Vancouver. It grew to from zero to $5 million in three and a half years. I was one of the 100 fastest growing businesses in Canada, and so was my stress. And and uh, I, it just ballooned. It was, I hit a nerve about Canadian made everything. And I was one of the few companies uh, that was doing clothing made in, and made, was made in Canada. In fact, at that time, I was on the board of directors with Chip Wilson, who owns Lululemon. At that time, he owned a company called West Beach. And as with Canada Goose and Arterix, all great names that are still producing Canadian-made products, although some of it's offshore, but companies that have gone to the moon. And then I eventually sold True North and went into full-time business consulting and coaching. And the Canadian government grabbed me and said, could you write... Could you help us with entrepreneur schools? And I started writing entrepreneur curriculums for many of the local schools, BCIT, Langara College, YMCA, uh, Success to, uh, Towards Excellence, uh, and many of those courses. And some of my material is still there, including at Langara College. So I started writing entrepreneur curriculums and then developed a coaching program for those entrepreneurs to make sure that relevant business people held those people while they were writing business plans, making sure that they were getting the real information from real entrepreneurs about how to implement that business plan, because a lot of the stuff was written on fluff. And then, guys, I got I got headhunted in about two, uh, when I was doing that, I sold the company in 2000. When in 2005, I was doing this workshop called RFPs and Winning Proposals, teaching companies how to put proposals in, mostly to the government, and win contracts. And, and uh, I got headhunted by the government to help them with the Olympics and said, hey, we need you to train BC entrepreneurs because we don't have a lot of head offices here. So many of our companies do not how to know how to respond to a proposal. Can you teach them? So I grabbed my, my workshop and they said, can you come and do that RFPs winning proposals for the for Bannock, the organizing committee for the Olympics? So I did 253 workshops around the province of BC over five years uh, on behalf of the Olympics called 2010 business opportunities and teaching businesses how to plug into the Olympics or how to plug into large sporting events and get and do business with large, whether it's FIFA World Cup, whether it's rugby sevens or any of these things that all this sporting things is what drives economic development. And um, so I've stayed on that file for five years. But while I was on that file, I got handed another file and said, can you help us with the Olympics with the food? So I got deviated a little bit uh, from my course of helping them with the food side of the Olympics. And uh, it started me a career in helping with food companies. And then when the Olympics were over, they said, because your clothing company had such great exports, I had 450 retailers worldwide carrying my products. That's why my company grew so fast. They said, you know a lot about export. Can you develop a, a training program for BC entrepreneurs about international? So I developed a workshop called Strategies of International Business. Took that around the province of BC, and I stayed with the government for an additional uh, nine years after the Olympics. And I left after 14 years on the government file uh, two years ago to go back to my private consulting practice of where I came from. And to go back to my roots, I was not a government guy. Um, I needed to go back to entrepreneurship and and give the entrepreneurs, because I saw working with the government, I got to see a lot of entrepreneurs struggling and even though I was an entrepreneur within the government, I was not allowed to advise. So if Glory had a problem with her business, even though I was a government guy in there, and I had a tip for her, I couldn't do it as a government guy. My lips were sealed. I couldn't say nothing. I, ha I could be, had to be unbiased about even giving her a tip on what to do. So that's a bit about my story. So today I, I'm back to where I started, and uh, I'm loving every minute of being an entrepreneur again. 
That is great, Rob. It was a journey. So what is your key success factor? You know what, Claire? It has to be networking. I get out and network a lot. I'm not afraid. If, although, you know, in the beginning, networking was not easy. I was not so much of an extrovert as I was as I am now. And that's purposely, it's very deliberate that I have to become an extrovert. I would rather be quiet and not have to do this stuff. But if you're not out there networking, you're dying. You're, you're not meeting anybody. It's um, this, especially in Vancouver. Vancouver is very much a LinkedIn town. This is very much networking. Many, one of my jobs before the Olympics was I was doing a workshop called New to Canada, thinking of starting a business. My job was working with the ministries in helping coaching entrepreneurs who are coming to the country in learning how to start a business successfully in Canada. And because there were so many people buying businesses, starting businesses, but getting ripped off because you could have a terrible business in downtown Beijing or Seoul. The sheer amount of people coming in to buy cigarettes, per se, in Beijing, they'll buy cigarettes or buy a pop. You can have a very successful company because of the amount of people. In Vancouver, if you're not bang on on your marketing plan, you're completely gone. You will not make it. You need to be laser focused on your plan. So a lot of the stuff I do is, is networking, connecting with people and building my network. And that's one of the reasons the government was said to me, can you help us with the Olympics? Because one of the things that here's a great example of my network. One of the things that, that the Vancouver Organizing Committee needed was 3 million square meters of tent to build temporary change rooms, structures, cafeterias, all that stuff. And they said they'll never find that in Vancouver. I said, hang on a second here. I know a company in Langley, which is the largest tent manufacturer in the world, called Tentology. They make tents for circuses, for Circus Soleil, and they happen to be in our backyard. That was a great example of why the Olympics hired me because of my database and the connections I had. So I was able to bring in Tentology into the Olympic fold. So number one thing has to be building that network, staying in touch, but you can't always sell the person. You need to say, hey, Glory, Great to meet you. What do you do? You know, getting some sincerity. Hey, I can send you a lead and not expecting anything back from you. How you define networking. So what exactly do you mean by networking? You know, it's 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 creating a relationship, a deep relationship, creating a little bit of rapport uh, with an individual in understanding what you do, what your needs are, how you're going to do and being a sincere and thinking, Glory could use my help. She you know, I, I know somebody that could use her services. I, I know, you're, let's say you're in the printing business. Hey, I know somebody that's looking to print business cards. Sending them your way, and at the end of the day, you're going to remember, hey, Rob, that guy sent me a lead. Maybe I can send him a lead somewhere in the future, or I or one of my friends can send him a lead. It's giving to another person without expectations of getting something back, because a lot of people I've given things back, giving free advice to, it's come back to me through them, but through another person. One of the things that I taught, my number one of the 10 tips was connections. You need to build connections immediately. In this city, you cannot be an introvert to start a business. In a lot of networking events, you just exchange the business card. You just have five minutes to talk. It's not a time to build connections. So how do you build connections with the people that it's the first time you met that person? You know, it's a very interesting question, Glory, because before COVID, you know, we had to get out there and meet and greet and rub shoulders at boards of trades and chambers of commerce and all those things and and meet people and pass out a business card. And unfortunately, sometimes at some of those events, you'd be cornered and your time would be taken up by 
one person where you'd like to meet 20 people in a room. And I've seen that time and time again. But with COVID, we come along this thing called Zoom or other networking things where we don't get cornered into anything like that. It's allow It allows you to do like a lot of my networking right now. I belong to a, an organization called the Global Chamber of Commerce. So every Thursday we meet with the Global Chamber of Commerce and there's a hundred of us or more from every part of the world. So uh, whether you're in Israel or Iran or Dubai or Middle East, uh, parts of South America, there's people on there networking, creating, it's, and it's a place to share your information. So last week I was on one about seafood. And because for the government of BC, I was the, the food guy for the province, which included seafood. So a lot of people found out that I was the seafood guy for the province of BC. And next thing you know, I'm getting emails from guys in Dubai saying, we'd like to buy some Pacific salmon. Can you lead us to people who are doing Pacific salmon? That's because on those LinkedIn things or those Zoom things, you in the chat box, you could put your contact information. But they always allow you time to do networking and and connect to tell people what you do and you get to listen what other people do and connect. If So if there's something that you said in your presentation that connects with me, it's right, right away, I'll send you an email and say, wow, Glory, can you and I connect on LinkedIn? I like what you're doing. Um, and I think I know people that can help you. You must have to think strategically about where you do this networking because, you know, you do have, like you're an entrepreneur, you're 24 seven, you know, the, the time and effort that you need to put in, which is really important, is the building that connection. But where to go to find those connections and how to strategically approach that? You know what? Going back to LinkedIn again, I'll go back to LinkedIn because a lot of people put up a great LinkedIn profile, but they don't join groups. And if you are in, let's say you're in clean tech, if you go to LinkedIn and put in clean tech, I'm going to guarantee you, I've never been there. I'm going to, I'm going to step out and say, you're going to find dozens and dozens of groups that you can join about clean tech. And if you contribute and say, listen, this is what I'm doing, or simply putting an article. So if today's, uh, like I, because I'm in international trade, I do a lot of trade. Um, I post things on my LinkedIn profile that if it's a rotors puts, puts out something about trade or an embargo or something like that, I'll put a, I'll put a news clipping on my, on my news groups to do with international trade or even on my profile. So I try to be active on posting, whether it's on Facebook. But uh, Facebook is another one that's got unbelievable great groups to join. Most people think Facebook is just personal networking. The groups that are on international trade for Facebook are dozens and dozens. So lots of opportunity to network. It's just a matter of there's nobody that says, hey, join this group. You just got to get there and become there again. That's where you be taking a more of a proactive approach rather than a reactive approach. Rob, and when you look back at your successes and looking prior even to LinkedIn, where would you have gone? How would you have sourced out those elements? How did you figure it out what groups and activities you would have looked at? Well, you know what, Dave, at that time, I would have joined the Vancouver Board of Trade. So I was heavily involved in the Vancouver Board of Trade uh, in doing networking on with the Board of Trade. My local North Van Chamber of Commerce, I was a member there. Uh, so I did networking and one-on-one -on -one networking with them. Having said that, would I do that again today? Probably not, because I prefer the virtual model now. Uh, it, it's a bigger bang for my buck. I get to meet more people uh, that rather than being cornered. Because a lot of times, I'll, I'll be completely brutally honest. A lot of times you go to those networking on events like the Board of Trade or Chambers Conference. Next thing you know, you got an email from an insurance guy. It's just like everybody was trying to sell you insurance. And even though you, you know, I, I just said, listen, hang on. 
you'd have to stand in a long lineup to sell me insurance between many of my family members who are in the insurance business. And that usually will back them down. But, you know, every time you go there, you would always have an email from somebody trying to sell you a car or insurance. And uh, I prefer the virtual networking now. It's much, much, much easier. This venue that we're talking on right now is by far the best way to get your message out there. Thank you. But there is something else that you said. It's building connection is more about giving rather than receiving, right? So I'm an entrepreneur, for example, and I need to solve my problem and I have a lot on my plate. So how can I give something to someone? A lot of times, even working with my UCW students, I just say, you know what, you got to ask. If you got a problem or a salute, or you got you got something wrong, you know what? Guess what? Here's the great thing. If you told your friends you got a marriage problem, do you think that every one of them's got a solution, right? You tell anybody you got a problem on LinkedIn or do you know somebody that can help me on or I've got too much on my plate, do you know where I can find a virtual assistant? Bang. You're going to get a lot of people that going to be able to respond. Do you know where I can get a printer that's that does great quality but not at a million dollar price. People love to advise and they love to give. That's that's our nature. So a lot of times, like I said, you I use that example of a marriage. Everybody's a marriage counselor. Everybody's a business advisor too, you know. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the worst advice you can get is from family. Because if the family has been brought up as a nine to five government job, an entrepreneur for them is just completely scary. It's like, oh my God, Glory, don't do that. You should go back and find a job and get the white picket fence and live happily ever after. Sometimes you've got to watch the source of where the, where the information is coming back from. Yes, it's hard to give back, but you know what? It's, it's just keeping your ears open and not having that expectation. Don't expect you have to give Rob a lead. Don't expect you got to give Dave a lead. You know, just remove that expectation. Go in. I go into a lot of my eat meetings without, you know, I don't want to have a preconceived outcome all the time. You know, I used to have to always say, what's my outcome for this meeting? Because then if I didn't meet that outcome, I feel disappointed. I, a lot of times I'll go into a meeting because I'm an entrepreneur. I'll take a risk and go to meetings. I'll ask a little bit about what's the agenda. I'll ask what the agenda is so I have to make sure it fits my needs so we're not wasting each other's time. But a lot of times I'll go to the meeting and then I'll realize, hey, there's a gold nugget. If I've gone in with this expectation, I would have missed this. So it's just being open-minded and, you know, not having the expectation to expect that you've got to give somebody a lead. And that's a big mis- that's a big mistake for people in networking, Glory, is that a lot of people think, why would I go networking? I don't know anybody to give a lead to. And that's where, you know, a lot of the networking groups out there, and I won't name them, but there's groups out there that each week they go around and say, you got a lead for somebody. And if you don't give a lead, you're fined a dollar, you know, and that, that kind of expectation, I do not like. I don't, I don't want people feeling embarrassed because they don't have a lead. And those groups still exist today. One of the challenges, and you talked about it very early on in your early stages of your career, you were more introverted than extroverted. And making that, like even if it's on a virtual or digital element, how do we help individuals move more towards being comfortable in making those networks and in creating those networks and opening up themselves to that? Well, you know what, Dave, at the end of the day, it was the, if I don't do this, this is what's going to happen. If I do do this, this is what's going to happen. So weighing the pros and cons, hey, Rob, you can sit and go home or you can go golfing or you can go networking at the Chamber of Commerce and meet people and build your business. Or you can come home and be a very small business. If you want to be a small business, then go golfing. 
you really need to convince yourself because we all have self-talk, right? We all we all try to convince ourselves about different things about how we talk. So it's about perceiving and talking to yourself different and understanding like a lot of the UCW students or many people are coming from new countries and new areas. Hey, I, I, came, I came from Edmonton to Vancouver and knew one person. I knew nobody else in this whole bloody city. All I knew is I had to get out and get off my butt and get out there and uh, and get thing, get some things happening. So, you know, that's where I really need to convince myself and watch myself talk about what I was saying to myself and examining what uh, what my thought process was and saying, you know what, that the risk is if I don't do this, this is what's going to happen. If I do take the risk and become, I mean, 20 years ago, I, public speaking scared the heck out of me, you know, but here I am delivering 253 events for the for the Olympic Committee. Um, all over British Columbia in front of, in front of thousands of people. So uh, I've had to learn to do that. I mean, I still, I did a speaking engagement uh, last year in front of 300 people. It scared the heck out of me. I had butterflies where I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, it, I, I went inside my head and started thinking, well, I should need to see that. The moment you go inside your head, you're gone. If you, if you just have little bullet points rather than trying to write out your speech, then you're Garrett. So it's, it's about self-talk. How can I present my best self version in a short amount of time? What is your value proposition? Don't discount yourself. Know what your value is, what you bring to the table. And a lot of people, and I'll give you a great example of this. Many women in business are very experienced housewives. But I use that term loosely. Most of these women manage more money in households than most small businesses do. So, If husband's bringing in $100,000 or $200,000 a year and the housewife is managing that money, she's managing more, more money than most houses are. That, that household management or managing kids is like running a business in itself, but they discount that. You know what I mean? You, you being a mom can understand that. And God bless the single moms out there who are trying to do the same thing um, and trying to be a single mom and be both parents at the same time. You know, they think they don't bring any value. Women in running households bring a lot of value, but because they think they're, they've been a housewife or a homemaker for many, many years, they bring no value. And I absolutely disagree with that. I think they bring a lot of value. They understand the value of money. They understand budgets. They know what can be bought. And they think like, even though they may not think like entrepreneurs, but if you put that hat on them, explain it this way, that you are an entrepreneur running your household, and running more money through than uh, a $60,000 business, you're, putting, you're managing that kind of money. So it's a, a different thought process. Thank you very much. Is there any challenge you can throw out for our students? The challenge for your students is one of the things I would say to them is joining LinkedIn for one, getting on LinkedIn, connecting with me, maybe connecting with you, maybe connecting with Dave, starting to build their network that way. And don't be afraid to ask questions about Everybody, especially students that are coming from other countries, all have needs. And if you're really concerned, I mean, I do a lot of mentorship and I do pay, some paid mentorship. I do free mentorship. I do a lot of different mentorship in helping people along. And, you know, a lot of the questions are is how do I, my whole thing is I love Canada and I love new immigrants to Canada. And the reason I say that is my wife is an immigrant. So when people are talking about a PR card, my wife is from China. So she is going through the PR. We're in the midst of renewing her PR card right now. So I understand where the students that are coming from other countries are and what their needs are. 
But, you know, it's a matter of getting out there, building that network. And if you're looking, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to start a business, getting the right advice from the right people, talking to your professors, talking to guys like Dave, talking to Yvonne, talking to many of the professors that are in the school and asking for their help. And don't be afraid to ask for help. As I said, everybody will try to advise um, and has, everybody's got great advice. But my challenge for them is, is build, start to build your network here. If, you, if you're serious about um, and you're coming to UCW to start your career, to, to get education, and at the end of the day, you want to stay into Canada uh, and work and get a job or create a company, you know what? It's all about building that work, network and building the network with the right people because there's, you know, there's a lot of people. That, and, I can, you know, Glory, I'll just say that this. There is a lot of vultures. Even though Canada is hello, thank you, we're very polite people. We do have our vultures, and we do have we do have our crooks. And you really gotta if you network and ask people about who's you know, hey, I got great professors, I got these people. Who do I trust? It's about building a network and asking people who do you trust? Who's your who you who do you do? And in those old seminars that I would do to new to Canada. I had guys that I trusted in the car dealership. So I had Jack Irwin from Ur from Pacific Honda. I had my dentist. I had my doctor. All people that would say, Glory, if you Rob referred you to me, I will treat them like gold. And I know that and I know that most people will not rip you off. And that's sort of the network that you want to build is a builded trusted advisors, people that can refer you to people that they trust and why. Sift through the information. Take what you want from the information, what you need from the information, and, and make sure that it is legit, meaning, you know, don't be so naive. And Dave, that is such a good point because a lot of people get here and they trust their information. You've got to put that through, like any entrepreneur, put it through the funnel test, the sniff test, whatever you want to do. If they got a LinkedIn profile, who's referring them? Who are they connected to? You know, that's the beautiful thing about LinkedIn is you're very transparent. There is crooks out there. I get a lot. I get a I get a LinkedIn connection all the time of people saying, "Oh, and in fact, I got one this morning." Well, Rob, what's your what's your personal email? I want to send you a proposal. Well, I know what that proposal is about. You know, it's usually about can you be our accounts receivable collection agency in Canada? But send us your account, your your business account information, your passport number, so we can send you a check. Yeah, that's guess what? They're going into my bank account to rob me. So be very very careful and who you're doing, but do the sniff test, like Dave said. Really do the, your own background check. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Dave. That was another episode of Innovation Field. Thank you for listening to Innovation Field. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovation fuel also follow us on instagram at innovation underscore fuel 